0: Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk, a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. I'm Blair Beavers, and here's your host, Leanne Sims.
1: Welcome to the podcast, listeners. Today, on this snowy Sunday, we are at Alibi with Rachel Kaufman and Michael Kirkland. Guys, thanks for being on our podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So, tell us about Alibi. How did it start?
2: Well, the year was 2020, and uh, and a lot of businesses, unfortunately, did not survive what 2020 entailed. Uh, we managed to have an investor that was interested in pursuing a bar, and we picked this up from what was uh, bourbon and barley, and after a few months of renovations, uh, we said, okay, there is no end in sight to the pandemic, so we just decided to open in November of 2020. Uh, Columbus was still under a 10 o'clock curfew at that time, so... Yeah, it wasn't a necessarily a smart choice to open a bar during a pandemic, <laughs> especially a yeah. cocktail lounge. But we're not smart people. We just drink a lot. So,
1: <laughs> so do you guys own Alibi then or how, what's... Uh, so everything that you see is us.
3: So okay. we are the operating partners. Our um, investor lives in Vegas. He's great, um, but he doesn't have... A very much experience with bars either so mm-hmm. this is pretty much just uh, all of mine and michael's
1: brainchild wow so. so did you guys you decided you wanted to open a bar and then you sought out an investor or what was the process like
2: kind of on the flip side so yeah. when this came to uh came to market he he snatched it up in a hurry and then said i have no idea how to run a bar yeah. <laughs> um and so kind of sought us out and we were brought on board and it was like okay if we're going to do this, you know, we don't want it to be uh, one person or the other. We want to come into this with a mutual mutual benefit of ideas. And so each of us have a skill set that we brought to the table. So okay. So, are the cocktail names, you guys come up with those together or is that one,
0: <laughs> one or the other? Because or... um, so... there's a lot of really, really inventive, fun <laughs> names for your cocktails. Uh,
3: so sometimes we come up with the cocktail first. And then figure out a name. Uh, but we also have a running list of names.
0: Okay. Uh,
3: that we're like, so this would be a great cocktail name. What kind of cocktail would it be?
1: Um, That's so fun. So, so you yeah. kind of reverse engineer yeah. it. Yeah, we talk talked to a lot of bartenders who say that one of the hardest parts of creating a cocktail is, is naming it. it. Yeah. Um, so we come up with the names first sometimes, uh, which oh, is okay. honestly where we
3: have the most fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But,
2: you know, and it's one yeah. of those, um, especially as we're kind of looking forward to our next Valentine's menu. Things that we've had on these last previous menus were first created for our previous Valentine, So it's like... Valentine's is a time when, you know, it could be a moment of celebration or it could be a little bit more somber. How do we bring light to that somber where it's like, hey, you're alone, but here you are. Here's your walk of shame cocktail. You know, so Uh, it's things like that where, you know, (laughs) us having a lot of uh, tongue in cheek cocktail names really gets people to experiment as well and have more fun. Whereas, you know, I've been to so many places where, you know, the uh, the cocktails are named something. Amazing, like uh, left seat of the throne or, you know, something crazy <laughs> like that. And it's like, oh, that sounds amazing. But we didn't want that serious element. Yeah. Um, some of our cocktails have a little bit more depth. We've had things that, like... Uh, reference Japanese empresses and stuff like that. So when people want to talk history, we can. Or we've had cocktails called Rum Job, and you know, and it's like, yeah, you get what you get. So
3: yeah, I actually think Misha's secret and Rum Job were on the same menu. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so just so very
1: polarizing. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are gonna make us a cocktail, right?
3: Yeah.
1: What are you gonna make us today? Um. So one cocktail that uh,
3: we were thinking about making for you is uh, called Curse Breaker. Uh, it's one of mine. It is a gin base um, with a uh, Genepe des Alpes, uh, Sailor's uh, Aperitif, a um, Absinthe Rinse, um, I'm forgetting something, Yellow Chartreuse. Um, and it's a St. George uh, Terroir gin. So.
2: Um, so the other one that we're going to roll out, we're basically going to take one cocktail, split it into four. But it's our Lenny's Goat Cheese and Dark Cherry. Um, so a couple years ago, I was doing consulting work for Beam Suntory, and they were uh, they were introducing squirrel whiskey to the market. And they said, can you make a cocktail with this? I'm I've never tried it. I don't know. And they said, well, yeah, it's not on market yet. So we don't know. We don't even have a sample bottle to give to you. And so finally we get it in, and Squirrel Whiskey has, like, this roasted peanut flavor versus a lot of sweetness that other peanut butter whiskeys have. And so I was kind of in the searching the flavor Bible, and I'm like, I want complementary flavors. Goat cheese was one of them. I'm like, I've done a lot of fat wash whiskeys. I've never done goat cheese. Yeah. So I infused the uh, uh, Squirrel Whiskey with goat cheese and tried it after three days, and I said, this is... Awful, And it just had that dryness of the goat cheese. And I said, all right, I need another complimentary flavor, cherries. And so I made a tart cherry mash with wildflower honey, a little bit of vanilla, some uh, red wine vinegar and salt, and then added some cinnamon to it. So it's goat cheese, peanut butter whiskey with tart cherry, finishes with baking spice notes. And it is kind of uh, our weirdest cocktail on our current menu. Um, And yeah, it's it's taken people where they try it and they're like, uh, I'm going to fuck this up. And this is a goat cheese cocktail. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for changing my world. So Good. we're also going to roll one of those out for everybody. So.
1: Awesome. Cool. All right. Well,
2: now I really am thirsty. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, let's take a break and uh, make a cocktail. We'll be right back. We are back. What should we start with? Ooh. Well,
2: uh, I think ideally we start with the Linnies just because uh, on the palate, especially after uh, having a uh, white Negroni of sorts. Yeah, so uh, start
3: we'll, with this. The, no,
2: let's uh, let's oh. start with the, yeah, the, the creamier one. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah.
2: So. So. Cheers. Cheers.
1: Cheers. It smells amazing. Oh, that is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really good. I love watching people's faces the first
3: time they try it. Um, I love to have at least one or two of those mm-hmm. on our menus. just like, no, it's weird. Like you need to try it though. like it's so good. Uh, people never expect to like the weirder ones, but right. it's like it's on the menu for a reason. like
2: and I feel like like uh especially in the past week, I've had a lot of people who are like, I think I'm gonna do the Lenny's goat Cheese one' And I'm like,' oh, yeah, you know you're not saying that with confidence and they go, well, you're not going to put a goat cheese cocktail on the menu unless it's good, <laughs> like you know. And it's like, yeah, you yeah. know.
1: So this, if you froze this and served it to me as ice cream, I would <laughs> right, love it. Right. Yep. So good. What's the base spirit again? Uh,
2: squirrel, whiskey. squirrel whiskey. So yeah, peanut butter whiskey. That dryness is strictly from the goat cheese, and then that mm-hmm. tart cherry and honey are going to be the balancing agents. So mm. wow, so, so good, really good. So tell us a little bit about this menu. I was
0: looking at it and it has like a flavor profile thing going on in it. And every cocktail is placed on the, on the profile map, so to speak.
3: The, uh, we call it like the matrix uh, or when we're uh, discussing it with guests, uh, we try to also make it not feel like you're in math class. So uh, I generally <laughs> just call it a chart. <laughs> um, when we were sitting there discussing, um, how to have this many cocktails on a menu because cocktails is all we do here. We don't have food. Like if you're coming here, you're coming here to drink. Mm-hmm. Um, so
2: <laughs> not in excess. <laughs> right. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> Wake.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, if you're coming here, you're coming here to drink, but also, We want people to try new things um so it was very much just how do we make this not overwhelming and we came up with the chart
2: yeah it was um so when our very 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 first menu was 11 cocktails we were very proud of those 11 and we said okay 11 cocktails is good every other bar up and down the street has you know 10 to 15 cocktails on their menu so we just said let's do 30 because again not smart. We just drink a lot. <laughs> and and then it was, how do we make 30 cocktails a little bit easier to digest? You know, uh, some amazing bars use flavor wheels. Mm-hmm. And so we looked at plotting it out on a flavor wheel. And a pie chart with 30 cocktails was like, I don't even know how to read this. This is way too much information here. Mm-hmm. And so we were just kind of back and forth, talked about, like, a T-chart, a graph, things like that. Looked it up. Didn't find anything as far as a cocktail menu that used this idea, but used things like, a scotch flavor matrix. And so we started kind of creating out the axes, we plotted it out and we rolled it out and our first menu had tw- our first large menu had 20 of our craft cocktails and then 10 classic cocktails. So old fashioned, Manhattan, Mai Tai, Margarita, things like that. And we coached people on drinking where find a classic that you're familiar with. Anything around that classic will have a similar flavor structure. So if you know you like this classic, this build-wise, it's going to be similar. And so it got people to experiment. <clears throat> next menu after that, we actually moved up to 30 of our creations, cut the classics back down to six, because people were starting to understand how to drink our menu. And then the next menu after that, eliminated classics altogether and had only our offerings. So.
1: But if somebody comes in and just wants a regular Manhattan, you can, you'll can you do that Absolutely. for them? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Rachel. Tell us about this cocktail that you made for us.
3: Uh, so, this is one that I really love. It is my version of a white Negroni,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, but it's a lot more like sage. It's a lot more herbal. It's
1: a, a lot brighter. I don't know. I just really, I really enjoy this cocktail. I, the, well, the flavor <laughs> is great. The mm-hmm. mouthfeel is yeah. amazing. Like,
3: it's very not, silky. Yeah. Um, so I think that's from the genappe that's in there because uh, it's got like that like, sweet sugar.
1: What's like, Genipé?
3: Uh, Genopay is an alpine liqueur. What are the main ingredients, uh, I can't pronounce it, uh, but it translates to mountain sage. So it's just like, a, but it's like a sweeter herbal liqueur. And what, so, uh, gin did you use? Uh, St. George Terroir. So that's going to be, um, kind of more of like your foresty mm-hmm. uh, style mm-hmm. gin. So going to get, like, Douglas firs, uh, again, some more sage in there. But, like, the yellow chartreuse and the sailors kind of, like, help brighten it.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, the absinthe uh, mist that's on there is uh, ab- actually an absinthe blanc, um, so it's not going to be overly aggressive.
1: Well done. This is a really good cocktail. What is your favorite on your menu?
3: Um, honestly, I'm between that and... Eve's Deception. I really love that cocktail. What's your favorite?
2: Uh, so one of my outside the box ones, um, again, a little bit more of that, that craft-centric cocktail. It's called Here Today, Gone to Amaro. And it's actually uh, built with two different Amaros in it. And it's one of those that just have so much love for it because, as a lot of people in this industry know right now, Amaros are can be very difficult to come by. So, you know, we're doing split bases, trying to build flavor profiles around all this stuff. But yeah, it's a, it's just a Mario based. And that's where, you know, us, when we go out, it is, we look at the weirdest thing on somebody's menu and we get it because we're like, all right, what was this bartender thinking? What was this, you know, bar manager? Why did they want this on the menu? And sometimes it's like, okay, I know why this isn't the biggest seller because it's a little bit more obscure of a cocktail. Or we try it and we're like, we know why this isn't the biggest seller. But, but, you know, so But we always love to try the weird stuff that's on a menu.
1: Yeah. So Rachel, I'm curious mm-hmm. on this cocktail. So I know you love gin. It's your favorite. So obviously you're like, I'm going to do a delicious gin cocktail. So did you... From there, did you go? Oh, I'm gonna do it with yellow chartreuse, and then from there, you're like, oh, I'm gonna add us absinthe. How is that? Um, so actually, uh, the yellow chartreuse and absinthe were actually the last
3: things. Um, so I knew that I wanted to do a gin cocktail with uh, Genevieve. So I kind of started from there. Then I got in the sailors, and I was like, well, this is going in there. So that's kind of like how it started and then from there like the, it's just like a quarter ounce of yellow chartreuse so that was just kind of there to brighten it same with like the absinthe was like a finishing touch um but it was mostly like i knew i wanted to make a gin cocktail with uh Genopay and sailors and so from there it was just finding the right gin figuring out the right ratios So, like, that cocktail, uh, I originally rolled out with um, Uncle Val's Botanical Gin, Mm -hmm. which is one of my personal favorites. I love that gin. Uh, It's, like, heavy lavender uh, and sage, like, two of my favorite things, Mm -hmm. but it it was a little too delicate Mm -hmm. um, and just didn't stand up well in this cocktail. The lavender, like, kind of just didn't hit the right notes. Um, So, from there, it was just kind of, like, switching out gins, trying to figure out which one fit.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, That's interesting. Do you have a specific recipe that you created at some point that you're most proud of? Not necessarily on this menu, but...
2: uh, You know, um, kind of over the years, especially creating as much as we have either for our menus in the past or for different restaurants, things like that. When it came to this goat cheese one, it was my most obscure cocktail that I created where, uh, again, I created this two years ago. And a lot of times when I create a cocktail and I look at my notebook a couple years later, I'm like, what was I thinking? Or like or sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm excited to try that again and I'll roll it out. And sure enough, there was one time I rolled this cocktail out and I wrote it down so proudly and I tried it and I go, this is awful. What was I like? You know, <laughs> like, did I write down the ratios wrong? And I'm looking at it. I'm like, there's no way to salvage it. This is one a couple years ago I came up with. And so being able to roll it out when we did and being like, no, this is still solid. And I love doing new, weird things. You know, we've got, we've got our massive sellers, but like people that want an obscure cocktail... That's what I absolutely love. So probably goat cheese washed whiskey for myself. Cool.
3: Um, I mean, going off of that, like, I also love the weird ones. So I had one uh, aloe pulpit, uh, <laughs> and that one was um, the gin by itself. So it was another gin base, but I infused it with squid ink and seaweed. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, and so the gin by itself smelled like the ocean, like just mineral, briny, not good by itself, like mm-hmm.
2: at all. <laughs> like like a beach in New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Like, um,
0: <laughs>
3: but then added some like aloe uh, water, some cucumber juice, a little bit of um, cane sugar, and it just brightened it all up. Uh, the brininess from the gin and the squid ink and uh, the seaweed like really complemented that cucumber, and so it was just it was delightful.
0: What made you think to even put squid ink and seaweed and gin?
3: Um, so squid ink uh, was something that we originally got in to do, essentially a black mai tai, because we we love playing with colors and the way things look too. Mm-hmm. So when people see a black cocktail, first they're like they're expecting to hate it. So it was really fun to do something that was like refreshing, but black. Mm-hmm. Um, Or, like, something that's sweet but black. Uh, And that's when you get those, like, weird, oh, my God, I didn't think I'd like
1: this looks. What Um, kind of garnish did you use with it? I'm curious.
3: um, For the aloe poppet, we got little, (laughs) uh, like, Pirate flags, because <laughs> it was uh, Aloe Pulpit is a reference to um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay.
1: so
2: yeah, we're, we're very big on either making people pronounce our cocktails in an accent or <laughs> tricking them into doing so, yeah. uh, which is where Aloe Pulpit came into play. Um, we've had cocktails on the menu where in order to order the cocktail, you have to order it as Sean Connery. Um, and people would be like, I'm not going to do that. And it's like, great, pick a different cocktail. (laughs) Um, Or you get the, who's Sean Connery? And it's like, I need to see your ID again. (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) So, You guys, um, you were in a cocktail competition? I was, was? yeah.
0: As I recall, you won crowd favorite I
1: did yeah so I imagine winning the judges picking your cocktails number one is great but I feel like fan favorite would be better because you're having so many people pick your cocktail and what does that feel like
3: um honestly uh great Uh, um but yeah I do actually I love the fact that it was fan favorite not like judges you know I would rather have again like the
0: multiple yeah. people uh versus
2: three. Okay. Yeah. So bar stories. <laughs>
0: past,
1: present.
2: Um so we are actually we we're discussing this, uh, you know, kind of about things from our past. Uh, I do want to share one alibi related. Now I want to put a caveat in this that this is not a typical alibi experience. So uh, <laughs> please do not take anything of this. Um but we had closed for about four or five days for a remodel. So we redid the floors, got, real, got new shelving up because I need more places to store liquor, redid all of our furniture into mm-hmm. more loungy seating and more nice high, co- uh, high cocktail tables. And so it's the it's like, I think it's two or three days after I put all this new furniture in, everything that we're sitting in now. Yeah. And uh, we used to have hand sanitizer on the tables, things like that. <laughs> Two ladies got into an altercation. <laughs> so, and yeah. We, we, we won't dive into the yeah. entire path. But yeah. one lady uh, goes up to the other one, is mouthing off to her, grabs the hand sanitizer, puts it in her drink. Drink gets thrown on the other lady and get them separated. Get them separated, getting them cashed out and everything. All of a sudden... <laughs> yeah. One and I've learned something in my life. You don't call women one of two c words. One's crazy, and the other is that one.
3: <laughs> We're not Scottish. It's not a term of
0: endearment. <laughs> yeah. uh.
2: So she yells that across the bar. The other one loses her mind, runs, grabs one of these chairs, <sighs> and
3: the one I'm sitting in, I believe, yeah.
2: possibly <laughs> they, get, they get moved around, yeah. um, and and then we managed to like like our bartender catches her as she's picking up the chair and is like no 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 gets them out and as i'm like reviewing this this craziness in my mind i'm like when i was buying furniture i never thought how how could this be used as a weapon like do i need something with more heft do i need something do i need to bolt them to the floor yeah. so that's probably the the craziest yeah. thing that we've seen here yeah i'm
3: like uh one of my favorite like uplifting bar stories is at the keep um We got a lot of, like, celebrities in there, uh, which was, um, like, there was, there was one time where, uh, I can't remember the comedian's name off the top of my head, but he came in after his show at the palace, uh, I managed to, uh, spill a purple beer all over his girlfriend's white pants. Um, <laughs> oops. Uh, in my defense, though, she pulled up a, to a, a chair to a spot that was not supposed to have a chair, so... Oh, um, but I managed to turn it around and make them laugh a lot, and I was like, so it's not me, it's the white pants, it's fine. Um, because <laughs> you can't get, you can't wear white pants in public, like, you're always right. gonna get something on them. I just, per, like, made it happen a lot faster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um... Rock on the Range uh, It became Sonic Yeah, Dave. yeah. Um, So one year When I was working At the Keith, uh Sonic Temple All of like The artists Were staying um, Which was A super fun time uh, For me Because I am Slightly a metalhead, uh, um, And uh, So we We had A lot of Interesting people there um, And There was uh, This one guy That like Just came Sat down at the bar Just like cool and then started talking like shit so I started talking shit right back to him and uh like it was fun like it was just playful uh and I was like okay yeah you're kind of an asshole I, I get it <laughs> um and then I just was like anyway whenever you decide what you want to drink instead of just making fun of the menu uh let me know and then I just like kind of walked away and uh one of my friends looked at me and was like you know who that is right and I was like I have no way I am like uh very like pop culture blind i don't recognize anybody mm. uh and he's like he was like that's the drummer for the Foo fighters oh. um, and i was like well i just called him an asshole to his face so i'm just <laughs> really gonna have to lean into it now <laughs> um, uh, and uh they actually ended up loving me they tipped generously uh and gave me vip tickets to sonic temple um that's awesome. <laughs> so it was lovely um so, yeah, that's, uh, that's one of my favorite, cool. like, uplifting <laughs> bar stories. Um,
2: that's a good was, one. Yeah, I was going to go yeah. way different
0: direction.
3: By. Listen, I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying not to dwell on the trauma, okay? <laughs> I'm like, I found many a woman making out with a homeless man. Um, those are the sad ones.
2: <laughs> I was uh, managing, um, let's say, a very popular social bar on High Street here. And all of a sudden, guests guest comes up, and they're like, um, do you mind going and checking on that woman? And I'm like, sure. And, you know, it's packed house. And we had occupancy of 300 people. So I look. Sure enough, uh, you know, an attractive young woman is pretty much soliciting all these tables. Just going up and being like, who's going to take me home tonight? And, nice. like, and in, <laughs> in this type of bar, it's, it's not nice. that it's, you know, yeah. an unusual thing. But, like, the fact that people are complaining about it, I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah. You know, so, uh, so my spiel whenever I'm cutting somebody off, whether I'm, you know, trying to just say, hey, you know what, this isn't the place for you, is, hey, how's your night going? He said, hey, it's going good. Awesome. Seems like it. Unfortunately, I'm just gonna have to ask you to have a good night elsewhere. We can't serve you anymore. I know. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be super uh, aggressive and be like, you're drunk, you're out of here. That's what always leads to the fights. And so I go up, and I'm like, hey, how's your night going? She's like, it could be better. I'm like, well, this is going sideways real quick. And I was like. <laughs> uh unfortunately i'm gonna have to have you have a good night elsewhere and she's like where are we going and i'm like okay all right i am losing this real quick and so i'm like you know what let's actually get you in an uber and she's like okay you call an uber and i'm like no 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 nope. once again not gonna, i'm not putting you in an uber so get an uber on her phone escort her out she's like literally trying to like drag me into the uber and my doorman at the time i'm like chris She doesn't come back in. And I just kind of pushed her in the Uber and I was like, oh, God. But I'm just like, ha, never thought that that would be the person that I would kick out tonight. Here we are.
0: Nice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, can you share with us where we can find Alibi and what your hours are? Um, so we are at 843 North High Street uh, in Columbus, Ohio. so um,
3: Our hours are 8 pm every day um, and Sunday through Thursday uh, we close at 11 Saturday Fridays and Saturday um, and then uh, happy hour Monday through uh, about what you're
1: gonna get.
2: Yeah we do a rotating happy hour anywhere from about 10 to 15 offerings for five dollars. So Very cool.
1: Very nice. Well, Rachel and Michael, thank you so much for being our guest today. We really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Cheers. Yes, cheers. thank you so much. <laughs> and a little PSA from the Columbus Craft Cocktail Tour, 30 is the new 20. So please base your tip at 30%, not 20. That's really, really old. And also remember during happy hour to tip on the actual price, not the happy, happy hour price. So cheers.
2: Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>
0: Listeners, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at CBus Craft Cocktail Tour. Visit our website at ColumbusCraftCocktailTour.com for cocktail tour dates, women and whiskey tastings, special events, merchandise. And if you're looking for a gift for that special person in your life, get them a gift card to our cocktail tour. Greg Hansberry and to the biographer for our original music. And please remember to drink responsibly and be cocktail curious. Cheers.
1: Joe, so check them out. This has been a Last Call Productions production.